For Theatre Talk on WBFO, I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. And the national tour of Funny Girl is playing in town at Shays. I arrived back in town breathlessly, just in time to see it. I was, of course, out of town again. I guess it's that portion of my life. I went to the wake for Cheetah Rivera on Monday. Very sad occasion, but a nice opportunity to contemplate and to commune with people who had been important in her life in the town where she lived in the Hudson Valley. There will be a proper Broadway-style memorial in the summer. And then tomorrow night, the lights of Broadway will be dimmed at 7.45 for Cheetah, which is a fun thing to do. And people gathering on the street and cheering for the person who has meant so much to the American theater, this time Cheetah Rivera. So you're out of town, but still you managed to get to some local shows. I did. Before it closed, I got out to Lancaster Opera House to catch Rehearsal for Murder, which, as the title would imply, yes, that is everything you would hope it would be. This is two-dimensional characters and lots of plot twists, and just as you're seeing this gaping hole in the plot, that becomes the final joke. So that style of theater that dinner theaters are known for, though our own local dinner theater departs from that model a lot. But I did see their show too, Neil Simon's I Ought to Be in Pictures, an appealing production. But this is the kind of theater where the laugh goes here, whack. You land the jokes where they belong, which would not necessarily be the way that they would be done in a Broadway house. I think of the example of the great Neil Simon comedies, which had been directed by Mike Nichols, where he historically did not allow the actors in Barefoot in the Park to ask for laughs. And it was like, well, what are you talking about? That's what comedy is. And he went, no, 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 no. These are more layered comedies. And we will get a much bigger payoff if you reveal the reality and the humanity of these people. These are not two-dimensional people. These are real people in an absurd situation. But in community theaters, dinner theaters, high schools across the country, they are done just for the laugh goes here. Whack. And it's fun. It is fun. And, of course, great food out at Bobby J's, part of the Desiderios Dinner Theater experience. I have got to say, it is a very nice restaurant. Sometimes I used to try to go out there without having dinner, and I'll just pop in for the show. Jay did not like that. J.J. Desiderio, I'm talking about. He is the impresario of that venue, and he would say, this is dinner theater. (laughs) Two words, dinner theater. Right, and I have never regretted (laughs) eating dinner there. I had lovely fish and a rather nice salad. But I ought to be in pictures with Desiderio's regular Lisa Hinka, Dave Lundy, and Regan Zuber. No one writes comic dialogue better than Neil Simon did. And no one extends a run like Jay Desiderio. This goes all the way through March, so... Oh, Labor Day. I think it goes through Labor Day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're exaggerating a little bit, sir, but you get the idea. (laughs) That's a good gig, Desiderio's, at Bobby J's. It is. Well, I went to American Repertory Theatre... Walked upstairs, 545 Elmwood Avenue. They're putting on, again, one of those plays inspired by a musical group. This year, the group is The Clash, and the play is called London Calling. Now, I have to tell Clash fans, it's not a jukebox musical. You're not going to sit there and get song after song after song. But it is a rather clever compendium of authors who all worked in unison to create a drama inspired by various Clash songs. It's a cliche, always, you know, the second act is better than the first. Here that's true because in the first act, we have to meet all the characters. It takes a little while. But the payoff comes in the second act, and it is a very powerful payoff. Kudos to all involved. I 
very well done, and I am not a Clash fan. Well, I think we both saw the Jewish Repertory Theater production of Diane Samuel's play Kinder Transport, and it is a handsome production. It has a first-rate cast. It has a terrific set by David Dwyer, excellent sound design by Tom McCarr, and I really admired the lighting by Brian Kavanaugh in this production, which is about three different problematic mother-daughter relationships. It's set in an attic, but it is an attic that is going to be rife with memories of a troubled past. And figuring into this is the 1938-39 kinder transport, when in the months leading up to World War II, thousands of mostly Jewish children were sent without their parents to Great Britain to save them from the Nazis. This is background to the story that is not the story. It is about the not merely difficult, but impossible choices people have under such a circumstance. I'm glad you said that. This is not the story. This is background to the story, because folks think they're going to a dry history play. It is nothing of that. Yes, you get the history, but only to illustrate this incredibly intense family drama. Right. At times I felt that the production, which is directed by Saul Elkin, is so focused on the gravitas of the situation, about the overarching importance of this historic moment, that some of the nuance of the piece itself is glossed over, that it is a bit prone to thrilling melodramatic voices, which of course audiences adore. They don't think adore that sort of chewing of the scenery. But I, when I've seen the play before, <laughs> there's a bit more Chekhov and a bit less Sarah Bernhard. <laughs> but it is a good evening at the theater. So, until next time, heading out to Funny Girl at Shays for Theater Talk on WBFO. I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase.